everyone, and welcome to another episode of Cheap Heat TV. I am Scott E. Morgan, and everybody just come on in, sit down, and sit at your computers, your tablets, your phones, whatever it is. Like, subscribe, and share, and uh, just join us for the next hour as we talk about uh, what's going on with the violent gentleman. Uh, maybe some uh, weekend updates, maybe a little bit of review of the Royal Rumble. Uh, but to be bring on my first counterpart for the night, it is going to be Gene Jackson, the wrestling the king of all wrestling media i'm a little off tonight gene i'm sorry about that oh no problem man i mean uh sadly we're 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 both better off than our our other counterpart and that's that's unfortunate but uh that is, that is true um i don't know if he wants to be brought on screen but we're gonna bring him on at least for a little bit just to have him on here uh love to see his face you know what i'm saying uh but it is mr not upbeat Sanders. i'm here hey, hey not upbeat tonight <laughs> I'm sweating. Man, like man a, I, I, I'm sweating I hate like a, not feeling well, man. I'm, I'm sweating like a whore in church, as my grandfather always said. I don't know if that's too early to. We're, we're going to lose all our sponsorships with me saying the whore in church joke, but I'm going to go. No, with I, it. Think, I think we'll be all right, man. I'm, I'm sweating. I'm miserable. I'm COVID negative, though. I am COVID negative. I might have RSVP, but definitely. I don't think that's a thing. Um, I'm no doctor. I want to think. I'm, were you trying to spell respect? Is that what we're trying to say? Like, like R E S V P T. Oh, hey, guys. Uh, the, fever, the fever's getting to him, Scott. It's, 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 uh, I was going to go put on a short sleeve shirt, and I didn't realize how close we were to time, but. Uh, yeah, I'm going to be struggling here tonight. Oh, you, you, don't, you, don't, you hadn't heard the rules of uh, Cheap TV. Just uh, get here when you can or if you can. <laughs> if you can. If not, if you well, can. you don't have to hear from you for two or three weeks. It's all yeah. yeah Speaking of not can't, can't get here on time or get here when you can, uh, we do not have any recollection of where our um, our fourth member, Shane Mego, is. So, unfortunately, if you're here for him, I'm sorry to say that you probably know more than we do. <laughs> no, no, I, I can outright tell you if you're here for Mako, you know more about where he's at than we do because completely. Perhaps producer Smokey will have to make another uh, missing poster. You know, the last time he went missing for a few weeks, uh, Smokey made a poster and then all of a sudden he turned up. He showed back up. Smokey. Hey, what? We just got to get him a win. He'll he'll show back up when he wins. Well, yeah. He's still, yeah, he's still he's, dreading that last loss. He's, he's still mourning his loss to uh, his DC. DC. I would be too. Hey, uh, what? I'm a, I don't wrestle anymore. What do I care if I insult some thirty-year jobber? Jesus, coming in hot tonight, guys. Wow. Coming in hot. <laughs> I don't. You got that guys. fever. That fever's making yeah, you hot I'm tonight. Huh? Yeah, dude. I'm, I'm coming in. I'm coming Zick in Sanders is a mean Sanders. Yeah, it's 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 one of them days. Oh man. Well, I'm here. <laughs> Did everybody watch the Rumble? I watched the Rumble. Like, are we going to just start talking about the Rumble outright? Or no, well, I think I think there was another plan. You're 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 jumping. I'm sorry, on. I was, well, yeah. there's been a, there's been a big topic going around, and it is what is what's going on with the violent gentlemen? Where they've been? Why? Where, what are they going to be doing? So, I will say for me personally, um, I have been watching a ton of wrestling. I have been watching Bluff City. I've watched Championship Wrestling from Memphis. I did say that the way I wanted to. It's Memphis, Memphis Wrestling, sir. You're going to have Dustin Starr blow it up my goddamn inbox. <laughs> tell him to DM so me. You can actually I have, I have, been watch, I have watched Pro South. I have watched uh, highlights from Rocket City. I've watched a lot of shit. All right. Um, I will say this. I will, I will say this. Um, Bluff City has gotten better since episode one, so shout out to uh, old 
Dotson over there for he's at least going in a right, the right direction. Um, Memphis Wrestling has just got concluded their Grand City um, Rumble. I think that's what it is, if I'm not mistaken. Um, congratulations to the winner of that. I actually did not make it through that before this started, so unfortunately. Uh, Pro South is still still up and running. They're going strong, even with Ace being um, you know half, half the person he was at one point. Um, but you know, all in all, what I've what I've learned is, um, it doesn't matter how good you are in the ring. Uh, a lot of a lot of wrestling today comes down to how marketable you are as a person. Um, people, you got uh, shows need to recognize who they're putting their championships on is a reflection of their brand. Um, if you don't understand uh, or have not watched somebody cut a promo in front of more than five people. Do not ask them for promo advice, and please do not give it out if you have never done so. Uh, but with that being said, the violent gentlemen are taking a step back from wrestling in ring-wise, and we're trying to build our brand. Uh, the way we could be more marketable to shows, to promoters, uh, and you know, it, make it easier on ourselves. Because why are we going out there killing ourselves if we're not progressing in sport? Um, so that's where... I'm at with it. I know I've talked to Charles a little bit about it, but that is kind of like where we're at with the update with the violent gentleman at this time. I'll add the fact that if anybody's giving any advice, I mean, because whenever I was coming up, I got scolded all the time for telling, giving advice out because mm -hmm. it was normally, you know, you make people cry. Well, yeah. And they, they come back and thank me in private a couple of years later i mean it's it wasn't advice that was hurting people's feelings it was advice that was cutting pretty deep and they didn't like that but like there's people out here that are running shows giving advice doing all this other stuff that just shouldn't be just outright i, I mean this could be sick xander's talking i don't know but they should not be they should very fairly be allowed in the damn business to be honest because the business is very dangerous and 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 i say the business as a overall general term unfortunately pro wrestling and i've had a conversations like this with several people is not a business anymore it's it's what it's what we've all been afraid it's going to be over a long term span especially when the uh, what is fds smoky oh my god no that was the wrong button by smoky <laughs> oh. you don't know what fds means i don't Just know what fds think about it Oh, oh, fuck Dump Sanders. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Thanks, Smokey. Thanks for throwing that out there to remind hey, me. We're going to get that early in the show. Tonight. Hey, you heard you talking about people that shouldn't be in the business and don't treat oh, it like a business. And then yeah, he, now, now there's something, and, that, and I wasn't even going necessarily going in on him yet, but um, 100%, he's one of them, but there's, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to go into the long list of people who shouldn't be running a show. And the answer is always going to yeah, be, I mean, we've well, only got an hour. Yeah, and the answer is always going to be, well, they should be able to run a show. Anybody should be able to run a show. No, that's not true. I mean, just because you have the money doesn't mean you should do it. Just Let us have our it. fun. <laughs> and that's the problem. It's, that's the problem because you'll see 50, 60 people come to a show to watch, you know, 30, 40 people go out there and do the same crap they've been doing three or four years and hope they don't get hurt. And then when they get hurt, they throw up this big woe is me thing and then put a GoFundMe or something else to help me get through all this. 
And it wasn't anybody's fault but yours because you've been doing stupid stuff for three or four years and you're shocked. Smokey's mad that I didn't know what fuck dump Sanders means. <laughs> he's giving me an earful right now. But yeah, dude. He's mad Mako's not here. He's mad. Um, he, he's mad on a lot of cases. Smokey, please get back on the board, man. We've got weekend uh, updates later, and I need you on the board for that. But no, I mean, I'm just, uh, I, I, especially in Alabama. I know. There's, <laughs> there's some danger. He's like, he's like, did Charles? He's like, did Charles Sanders just tell me what to do? Is this really what's? <laughs> Yeah, I'm sorry, Smokey. Right, I didn't mean that, dude. Will you please? He's sick. He don't know what's happening right now. This, yeah, this... dude, I'm, I'm in a whole whirlwind. I don't even know if I'm talking on air or not, but... <laughs> oh, you're, you're on there. Okay. You're on there. But, no, there's, there's definitely an issue within the business of people who shouldn't be running a business, running a hobby for that guy, for God's sakes, and are doing it and then telling people how they should make it better when they're averaging 30 people that they probably gave tickets out to. And that's top down. I mean, you you could say that about damn TNA. I'm sure. And, and I'm sure there's going to be people that listen to this or you know are watching or whatever that are going to argue that the in ring is more important than the out of the ring. Where I will throw this as an example that I disagree. Um, Logan Paul is a prime example. Yes, he is a one in a million freak athlete because he can do a lot of stuff. But the reason he is where he did, he is is because he built a fan base. He is marketable to the company. And then he learned how to wrestle afterwards. So I will say that as an example, that's where I am coming from as building a fan base and being marketable is more important uh, as the wrestling is. Uh, as we can see, I mean, there was, did y'all watch the Rumbles? Uh, one, of those, one of those Rumbles didn't go great. All right. But, there, but it was still aired on TV. People yeah. still got TV time. It still got promoted. Still got so paid. even with even with it being not great, um, the marketing of it is still more important. So that's my point of view on that. Of course, it's my point of view, so it doesn't really carry a lot of weight with uh, a lot of other people. But hey, so this is kind of our podcast. We'll see what so we're Gene, let me ask you this because you've been on the outside looking in from the whole violent gentleman standpoint. We did. Uh, we we've been on. I've been on with you for a little over two years now. And Scott's been with us for about a year. Um, and you started managing Mako. What do you think of us making this decision? Because it was a group decision out of us two to kind of say maybe maybe the in-ring stuff's not exactly the smartest idea at this current moment. Well, I mean, you can attest off the air back to you know, us just riding in a car together or talking off the air on the podcast or just on the telephone on a you know daily basis i have said for a long time the missing element of the violent gentleman was the character aspect the marketability aspect that you guys have had it in the ring forever that's not an issue um that we needed to work on getting you guys some kind of character work and and gimmick that you could sink your teeth into um i think we had that with the upbeat xanders we had a role for you we had a role for Scott, Scott, we had a role for Mako. Everybody was going to play into that, and it just couldn't get any traction because we couldn't get it. We couldn't get it going. Like you know, if we had it go in one place, that place didn't work out. Then we go to another place, we couldn't really do it there for a variety of reasons. Um, but I think it's a balance. Like what Scott was talking about is, 
you've got to have the entering, you got to have the, the market marketability piece and the character piece. And that's, that's the side you need. There's way more people out there that don't have the entering. They've got all the character and marketability in the world, but there's also a balance there where if they can't do it in the ring, it's all, it, it never goes anywhere. Well, so, um, uh, I, I think because of the, because of that, um, you guys haven't been enjoying what you're doing, um, and, and feel like you're not going anywhere that even if you continue to do so, even if you did well at the level you're at, there wouldn't be an opportunity to move above that level and you're not content at the level you're at, which is good. So I think you made the right choice. If you're not enjoying what you're doing and you don't feel that you're moving in the direction you want to go in, whatever that is for each per each person has to decide that on their own. Like, what do you want out of this shit? You're not making, nobody's making getting rich doing it. So if you're not getting whatever it is you want and need out of it, then step away because you're doing an injustice to everybody around you. If you're doing it just to be doing it and you're just going through the motions for me personally, um, I have not enjoyed being a manager for quite some time now. Um, I couldn't really pinpoint why for a long time, but this last stint of managing this year, I realized I, I just don't enjoy managing anymore. And so I'm just not going to do it. I enjoy doing commentary. Um, if I have the opportunity to do that here and there, I'm open to that. But moving forward, I don't intend to manage anymore. I just don't enjoy it. I have more enjoyment doing comedy. And so I'm going to put my focus on that. Well, and you know, well, I mean, I think you're, I, of course we continue to say we talk privately, but we talk privately all the time. And I'm, I think you've made a great decision going with comedy because there's a far bigger, there's a bigger road for everybody to kind of make money on comedy because you can all work together. And do that. Unfortunately, in in the, the business, you, it's people. You should be working together to do this, but nobody wants to work. Together. Well, I mean, I'm a 45 year old guy who, if if what I enjoy in wrestling is doing commentary, how many slots are there to do commentary at any level, but especially a high level? The mm -hmm. odds are not in my favor at all. But especially as longevity as you can do it, you can do it forever. You can do it until yeah. literally you quit. I can tell but in you comedy, I mean, there's people who don't, there's people who haven't broke out until they were in their fifties or later. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like Ron White did comedy for years, but nobody really knew who that mug was till he was in his fifties. So, I mean, mm -hmm. you're never too old for that shit. There's always an opportunity and you know, it's, it's what you make of it. It's, it doesn't rely on my physical ability, athleticism or any of that. It's all hard yeah it's, yeah it's it's all up to me i mean i write the material i go out and do it i make my own opportunities and that's what i intend to do this year and um, you seem to do pretty well at it so far yeah. 23's going really well for you man I've, I've hit the ground running so far and i'm and i'm happy about that but here's the thing like we're going to continue to do this podcast you know whatever happens moving forward as far as Y'all being in wrestling, out of wrestling. I'm not, I still love wrestling. Wrestling has always been a focal point of my life, my entire life. That's not going to change. I'm still going to be a fan of it. Even if I'm not really watching the current day stuff, I'm still going to watch the old stuff. I'm still going to, you know, obsess over it like I do. And so we're still going to do this podcast. We're all still going to be friends, whether we go to wrestling shows or we don't or whatever. And we're going to build this brand because this brand, the Cheap Heat TV, this podcast, 
it it helps you guys. It'll help the violent gentleman. It'll help Gene or Buck Jenkins or whoever the fuck. It, it gets us out there, and it gives us a forum to talk about wrestling, to talk about whatever we want to talk about. And if it's you know if if it's always just our quote unquote six people watching it, well, thank y'all. We're glad you enjoy it. We appreciate your support. And if eventually it catches on and we get more, then great. But it's something we enjoy doing. And I know for a fact, because I have people tell me there are, whether they'll admit it publicly, there are people who watch this show every week. There are people who get stuff out of it, who think that we do provide a service by, you know, sharing our thoughts, our experiences. Because we've all, between the three of us, we've been in this shit for quite a while now. We've got a lot of different experiences and we have unique perspectives on things like the three people on the screen. We don't all completely agree 100% on what's the best wrestling or what's the worst wrestling or how to go about it. And that's what makes this an interesting show. Cause if we were three people of an exactly liked mind who had the same opinion, it wouldn't be fun to listen to us talk because it would just be three guys spouting off the same stuff. And that's not fun. So that's why when Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels comes up, it gets interesting because we, we have at least one of the three has a very different, you know, opinion of that. And that's, that's, we're all three unbelievably different. Like we've all experienced wrestling in different ways. I've always been ultra vocal about what I wanted out of it. And the, the people around me, what I expect to have happen whenever I'm around and don't expect much deviation. Scott's always been that guy who's just kind of been that, hey, whatever you need, I'm the, yeah. I'll be the glue guy if you need me to be. Not uh, the vocal one, be my head against the wall until I get what I want. Yeah, <laughs> Scott'll, it'll just get beaten out of him. Thanks, Steve, pleasing for the comment. I thought there was an A in pleasing. I guess I'm wrong. Um, but... No, we will never job at, out at Mickey's. I, I have people ask me all the time to go to Mickey's, and my lungs cannot handle that because the amount of smoke that's in the air, and he can say there's no vaping or smoking in the area, it just resonates off them hillbillies. And, I mean, just to be honest. And I want to talk about real quick because we've never really went into this much, and it's kind of annoying. Um, this whole six people narratives and, like, the the upbeat Xanders on why it didn't go right. I don't know how deep we went down this rabbit hole, but like I'm just gonna say it outright. The reason it didn't work out in Alabama, the last stint we tried to run through Alabama is because the damn promoter was an asshole and couldn't come off his fucking high horse. I mean, just to be honest, we would. I mean, that was that was multiple. I wouldn't just wasn't last. That's been like the last three. Okay, fine. Ace was an asshole and wouldn't get off his high horse. And whenever he decides to make disparaging comments, instead of being a grown man and coming in and privately being like, "Hey, look, dude, I know it was a stupid thing for me to say. I know it deviated a hundred percent what we were going off of. I'm sorry." He decided to double down with, "I'm Ace Haven. I'm a jackass," and I have no respect for that. I won't work with that. I never will. And so it ended immediately. I went out there with busted ribs and fixed and, and finished a match I wasn't even supposed to, shouldn't even been with. But anyways, that's whole whole ass another thing. But, but I'm just, I, I don't want any narrative to be, oh, we have, our, our mindset is six fans. Well, no, it's because jackasses. We have plenty of people watch, enough people to watch the show to make me want to show up and do it again. And I know it's like, like, Yes, like you, you see a certain number like on YouTube. We don't have a big following on, on the YouTube channel yet. But there's a lot of people who watch this after the fact. They don't watch it live. And there's a lot more people that listen to it on Anchor, Spotify, 
on Apple Music. I mean, there's there's a ton of numbers out there that nobody has access to. We wouldn't do this every week if it was really just six people. And I mean, that's fine. I, I mean, I, that's why we always laugh of it, make it a joke, and we and we throw it out there because it's ridiculous. And I find it funny that most of the assholes who say that kind of thing, guess what? We can see your audience. There's no, there's no fans in the back room that we can't see. We can see around the ring who's actually there and who's not. So, and, and Cornette always talked to, and I love Cornette and he's one of the, he's probably the better podcaster, especially when it comes to wrestling, probably the best one. He always explains it whenever anybody attacks him for his numbers and his following is jackass. I'm on a podcast. You have an hour and a half TV show committed to getting you and your guys over and you're still having 150 200 i'm not well uh, how many ever people crappy numbers on aew and crappy numbers in the independent scenes so instead of throwing rocks at us because we're not going to deal with your jackassery maybe you should point the fingers at yourself and try to figure out why no talent stayed why the numbers have always went down how your work rate has gotten worse how you lost gene who's a damn good commentator just because he didn't want to deal with it, so uh, I don't know. That's that's. Yeah. I'm sorry. I, didn't and, I mean, y'all, and y'all aren't gonna say it, but I'll say it. Uh, hello to all our uh, fans and downloaders across the freaking across the pond, because you know we do ha- we do have people that download this <laughs> no, thing we, in other countries. We got, we've got we've got a lot of people that download, but we're not gonna get into no. podcast numbers and all that other yeah. stuff. I just I don't want to listen to. I, I mean. I don't want it to be a narrative that we have multiple people seeing six fans. We actually normally get a lot of support on the show. Everybody we talk to enjoys the show. Everybody, you know, it's all real positive vibes around here. We're we're the negative. No, I mean, let's be honest. Ace Haven said it. Dump Sanders said it. And Gary says it when he gets mad at us. And that's pretty much the only people who who've said it. So, uh, you know, it's fine. But it, I always just find it funny though is. People say there's only six. When it suits their needs, they say we have six viewers. But yet they get hung up and upset over what we say on here like it matters. Because if you really believed only six people watch it, why would anybody care what we said ever? Like, why does our opinion carry so much weight if only six people? My my favorite thing that I hear is, uh, yeah, I'm one of the six. Where people say that. I'm one of the six that listen. I think that's funny because, of course, yeah, that racks up real quick. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I almost um, almost want to put that on a T-shirt. I'm one of the six, and it's the bottom. Yeah, but I'm I'm sorry. I didn't mean to drag us off into the mud like that. It's just uh, whenever you say one of the six, I don't want to let the fans think that we're just coming up with this lingo all on our own. It's all jackasses who run their mouths about us. So sorry. Back to you, Scott. I'm, I'm, we're taking a break from wrestling because we're tired. Is that a, is that an appropriate term? <laughs> I watched the Rumble. I watched Rumble. Scott watched Rumble. We're not, we're not, not Rumble. tired of wrestling, just our bodies are tired. Right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, and that's basically that. So, like, ladies and gentlemen, that's that's what's up with the violent children. <laughs> that's, that's, that was a, that's what's up with the people you see on the screen. We have no fucking clue what's up with Shane Mako because we haven't, we literally have not heard from him I mean, in two weeks. The only other guy who has violent gentleman gear is Dawson. And I mean, I, have, I guess yeah. Dawson. He's doing well. Yeah, they might be interchangeable. King of Jasper. The King of Jasper. All right, before we go any further, real quick, everybody go follow our social medias. We'll do this again at the end, but, you know, while we have all the large numbers that we have currently uh, listening, we're going to go ahead and at TV live everywhere except for YouTube. 
and that's cheapy tv lie or just cheapy tv i apologize and then we've got our uh What's our, our um, full uh, website name, Gene? I know you've uh, cheapetvlive.com. That's right. That's right. Everybody go over there, subscribe and follow, jump our YouTube numbers up a little bit because if you subscribe, it helps people kind of get – like it gets people toward our YouTube stuff. And if we can get people toward our YouTube stuff, maybe we can get we're, a little we're, bit. We're creeping up on 100 subscribers, which, which is, is painful considering we had you know a couple thousand, but – you know, we got we got to start somewhere. We're, we're we're working our way up. So thank you to everyone who has subscribed, and we would very much appreciate it if you'd take a moment and go subscribe. We're putting out uh, content every day. You know, old school wrestling podcasts, uh, me showing you the crap in my wrestling room because mm-hmm. I'm Pretty not inviting cool everybody. I'm not inviting everybody to my house. So Smokey yes. now Smokey will bite you. Well, the UWF Fury cast has really been good. I've enjoyed it. I've listened to two of the episodes, and I'm going to go back and listen to more of them as I start to feel a little bit better and can do that. But everything I've listened to has been really funny. It's, it's you know, it kind of, it's, I love wrestling and comedy, and so it kind of meets in the middle. Bob is a buddy of mine who's a funny guy. It's a, UWF was a really, really bad wrestling show in 1990. And uh, we decided it would be fun to just watch it every week and then go on and talk about it and show clips. And it's just a light, hard to look at. It's not a hard analysis. We don't break it down and, you know, all that. It's just we're just having fun watching the old shitty Well, y- y'all do something different that we don't do on here. Y'all have clips. Y'all have audio files, which is really neat. I mean, I, I thought it was a it's, – it's a very good job by the team of TV. We're getting into now where Smokey's making some funny videos. He's Photoshopping things. So it's – Yeah. We're, we're starting to figure it out as we go along. So, if you want to go see an excellent superplex, go watch. Oh my go god! Watch the, <laughs> go it's getting worse every show. week. And a little spoiler for episode eight coming up this week: it's his worst one yet. Oh, uh, no. so, <laughs> he's so, he's literally just falling off the second rope at this point. <laughs> it's, it's, dude, he dropped that guy on his head. <laughs> okay, so if you haven't watched episode seven, go back and watch episode seven and look for the Easter egg of a. And if you'll come back, I tell you what. If you will go and private message me who did the superplex, I will get y'all a complimentary Xander's koozie on on me, and I will send it Look to you if you can tell me who did the horrible superplex. Scott, you're not included in that because, sorry, I'm not buying you a damn koozie. A lot of koozie. <laughs> yeah. uh, first, first five people, too. I don't I don't want 100 people DMing me because I'm – well, I mean, at the very most, you're only going to have to send out. Oh, man. I'm glad you're not saying it. Just rubbing it in my face. Um, one right, now, thing. right now, Jeremy Flint's <laughs> listening in his headphones going, what? What was it? What did he what yeah. do? Watch the audio file or watch the video file, Jack. <laughs> um, so one more thing we're going to go ahead and announce, and I know we've kind of alluded to it. Maybe we haven't. But um, WrestleMania weekend, we're going to do a watch party, and we're doing it at Scott's house because I'm not hosting, and Smokey said, hell no. So we're going to do it at Scott's house. We're going to have like a little barbecue. We're going to have, we might get Delbert there. I've heard rumors of Delbert and maybe a Buck Jenkins siding. If we can get Buck Jenkins to do a little, maybe show up yeah. during the, uh, one of the big breaks. So you tell him there's that. food. I mean, that's, that was the whole reason he went and did that contest in, in Mississippi last night. He heard it was a rib place and, uh, he got a free, he got a free rib dinner out of it. So, all right, so yeah. I'm, I'm hearing that you're kind of running all of his managerial aspects of it. You're kind of like his man. We're, we're past the kayfabe shit now. Now that I'm, a, now that I'm somewhat out of wrestling, <laughs> we're just done with that. Cause in the comedy world, kayfabe don't exist. Really people, exist. Like comedy people were getting really confused at 
the Facebook acting like it, it wasn't me. Yeah. So now I've just kind of thrown that out the window. Okay, so. good. So you can just be Bug Jenkins now? I can just openly say that I'm Bug Jenkins. I'm still not going to acknowledge Steve. Who's no longer Waddy Jenkins. And at some point, whether you host it or someone else does or whatever, uh, I've had some people message me. I've had some people comment on things, asking to kind of explain how I came about that name and why I changed it and all that. So eventually in some shape or form here soon, folks, so we're going to do a podcast and talk about that whole thing and address all that. I, I was going to say, uh, you already just announced it as a ZIP. Cause yeah, you know, I've been trying to get you to do a ZIP for a while. And you, ladies and gentlemen, a big announcement. ZIP is going to make a return in the upcoming weeks with Buck Jenkins, Gene Jackson, Waddy Jenkins. And it's a, it's going to be a fun interview because that's, that's going to be one that me and him can, It'll be the first one where I've just openly talked about all that, you know, without trying to kayfabe it and all that shit. So So, be looking out for that hopefully within the next – hopefully by February we'll have that one out. Which, god damn. No, it won't. I mean, that's that's two days from now. Oh, my God. This year has flown by. Holy crap. We're we're already on episode. We are a month into twenty twenty three. Episode eighty two, four of the year. I mean, this is. It's we are wild. we are we are a month into freaking 2023. It yeah, a month into real. 2023, and we got we still haven't filled the awards yet. It's crazy. Well, no, we're we're past that. But Noel's Noel showed up to your damn yeah for real comedy gimmick, and did you talked to him. Yeah, did you? Get oh, I didn't even bring it up. I didn't bring it up. Was... Shane knows. I, I was afraid he would leave if I mentioned it. We have your belts holding it hostage. <laughs> <laughs> If you don't come on here and do these GD awards. <laughs> Two more weeks, it's going to be, okay, the fifth person to email me the name of so-and-so gets the Peach State <laughs> Tag Team title belt. Well, let Scott decide what he wants to do with his. He's going to throw it off an overpass like fucking Steve Austin. CC is going to use it as a damn scratching post <laughs> if, he doesn't, if he doesn't answer my text messages. <laughs> Benny and Smokey will be the new Peach State Tag Team <laughs> champions. <laughs> That's right. Let them fight it out with CC and a partner of her choice at the WrestleMania party. Well, and I, I know, I know, uh, we talked a little bit in the pre-show. I did hear this in the pre-show that we'll take damn commercial breaks whenever the hell we feel like it. But um, and we're going to take my, it now because I'm excited for Scott E. Morgan. Well, and I'm, I'm going to say this. I'm going to say this to the fans. I'm going to actually step off of here because my health is quickly deteriorating. I don't know if you can see the sweat coming through my sweatshirt but uh i'm gonna kind of lay down so um thanks everyone for coming out on the back side of the uh on the back side of the commercial break we'll have scott e's weekend update okay guys are you looking to have a good time we'll head on down to happy hour comedy club and restaurant in aniston alabama shoot you some pool play you some darts or head on over to the bar get you a cold beer or one of them fancy cocktail drinks they got all that you hungry? Get you one of the best pizzas in Aniston or anything else off the menu. They got burgers, tacos, chicken wings, anything you want. Every Thursday night, they got open mic comedy and karaoke and live comedy every Friday and Saturday night with some of the top comedians from across the United States. Go to happyhourcomedyclub.com for more information and tell them why did Jenkins sent you. Hey guys, this is Wolfie D from PG-13. Check out my podcast, Live and in Color with Wolfie D, every Monday at noon. We're talking Memphis, we're talking ECW, WCW, WWF, everywhere that I've been. We even have some great guests, some Hall of Famers on the show with us. Every Monday at noon, Live and in Color with Wolfie D.
you like barbecue? Well, of course you do, unless you're some kind of weirdo or wasn't raised right. So if you want to get some of the best barbecue around, check out P3 Barbecue. Our buddy David Estes does it up right. He'll be glad to cater to your next event or just send you some of his award-winning sauce right there to your own doorstep. Go over and check them out on the Facebooks at facebook.com slash P3Barbecue or give old David a call at 901-679-3452 and tell him Whitey Jenkins sent you. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Give Me Back My Pro Wrestling, the podcast that's based on the old school but can still help you find the good stuff from today. Jimmy Street and the Plastic Sheik, Jared, are the undisputed tag team champions of the wrestling podcast world. From thought-provoking topics to superstar interviews to action figure expertise, this team does it all. And all they ask is, give me back my pro wrestling! Every other Thursday, wherever you listen to podcasts. Get ready to get inspired. It's Xander's Inspirational Podcast, the brand new podcast with upbeat Xander's as he has one-on-one podcast sessions that both inspire and inform. Check it out as Xander's has a one-on-one interview with some of your favorite people in and out of the professional wrestling business. Give it a listen on GPTVLive.com. Join me, Gene Jackson, for the Jackson Interaction Podcast, where I'll be doing one-on-one interviews with people from the world of professional wrestling, as well as stand-up comedy. You can get them anywhere podcasts are available in both video and audio form, but you can find them all at GeneJacksonPod.com. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Pro Wrestling Weekend Update. I am Tommy Morgan. And just to uh, review this weekend, the Royal Rumble, its very first ever black match. And no, ladies and gentlemen, it was not what you were thinking. You can actually see the wrestlers. It wasn't in total darkness. Because, of course, they could have, you know, named it Glow in the Dark Match, Black Light Match, Light Bright Match, Glow Stick Match, anything. That was better than Pitch Black Match presented by Mountain Dew. With that being said, Uncle Howdy made a return to in the in the match at the very end after everything was said and done. And if you know anything about Bray Wyatt and his characters, that is that Uncle Howdy is probably now representing the depression that is Bray Wyatt, as he himself jumped off the balcony after watching the match that he was in. Speaking of depression. If you're just like me, you are expecting a great return of the great one for the Royal Rumble. Unfortunately for the rest of us, all we got was the great big one. Ladies and gentlemen, we always talk about they wanted equality over quantity and quality of matches. So the women's 30 women battle royal, you kind of got what you asked for when there's only 10 women who could carry a match in the WWE and four of them wasn't presented in the Royal Rumble match. Speaking of first times ever, ProSouth had their first ever gender reveal match as they had this gentleman wearing a got dick shirt versus another lady 
uh, boy versus girl, which one will win. And look, ladies and gentlemen, just so your information, the boy did win. So the, the ladies and gentlemen in the crowd, they are going to have a boy. Luckily, they booked it correctly. Because if it had been this person, we would all be a little confused if she won. And ladies and gentlemen, that is your Pro Wrestling Weekend Update. I am Scotty Morgan. Back to you guys. <laughs> oh, uh, I just got a text from Delbert. He said that it should have been called the Black Lights Matter match. Uh, been, that would have been another good one. I should have thought of that one, yeah. <laughs> good job. Another uh, another home run with the weekend update. I, I look forward to getting my weekly text from uh, Jeremy Flint tomorrow, getting his review, <laughs> his review of, of your weekend update. No, so, man. So, uh, go ahead. Well, I was going to say, you know, the, uh, the glow-in-the-dark you know, pitch black match, whatever. Poor Trevor Aon. I'm sure that's his dream match. Uh, my boy, uh, shout out to Doom himself uh, out there. Uh, but you know, I saw Bray Wyatt with you know the you know the glow in the dark paint or tattoos or whatever it is with yeah. the faint with the fangs at the end. The whole big you know that was. I talked to certain people about that match, and honestly, they were like, "Why did it have to be L.A. Knight?" And I think it had to be. Yeah, 100% had to be L.A. Knight over anybody else in that match. Because with Bray Wyatt's characters and with this being his first match back, and he's been back for going on like four months, I think, now, right? It feels like it. I don't know if it actually like is, but it so, certainly feels like it. So with that being his first match back, this whole four-month buildup to his first match, whatever, it couldn't have been done by someone who was purely athletically wrestling. It had to be somebody that could talk trash, that could cut promos, and help build this match because that's that, and that's what he's good for. La Knight's really good for talking trash, building. Well, building that's what promos. I want to ask you. Where, where, where are you at on La Knight? What are your feelings on La Knight? Um, I have actually done a lot of research um, outside of WWE for him. The dude has always been very um, production oriented. With WWE, if, if you didn't know this, ladies and gentlemen, LA Knight actually used to do all the uh, mo like the motorized stuff for the WWE games. It did all the uh, all for all the characters, entrances, moves. That was the guy that did all this stuff for the games. Animatronics, I guess would be the right word. So he he even did a podcast where he was bragging about how he did r truth entrance. Um, so that's kind of that was kind of interesting because I you know I always assumed that they did their own stuff for the game. In order for it to look right, but apparently LA and I is one guy of few that does it for the people doing the game stuff. So um, I'm not a big fan of his wrestling. Uh, the dude can obviously talk. Um, I hate the fact that this is probably where he's fell um, within the company because it'll be in matches like this. Um, but I also don't think he has the wrestling ability or I haven't seen the wrestling ability out of him uh, on this side anyways. I guess I, I could go back further to his NWA and TNA days and watch him, but I feel like this is kind of where he lands. I've got some friends that really like him. i got one friend in particular, uh, Leslie Jones and Tupelo, that used to uh, promote IWF wrestling, who just all have always thought he was the second coming. He's just the most entertaining guy on the microphone. Just think he's great. And Back to when he was in TNA, uh, back when Leslie was putting him over every week, he was constantly sending me clips, and I would watch them. 
And all I see and hear when I see LA, LA Knight, Eli Drake at the time, is somebody doing a cross between The Rock and Steve Austin. He's got the cadence of a combination of their pro, promos. As he was walking to the ring for the pitch black match, he's got that Steve Austin swagger about him. I couldn't figure out why they called him L.A. Knight. Like, that, to me, is the most generic, shitty-sounding name. But then as I was watching him walk to the ring last night, you know, he always just come out and go, Eli Drake. So, phonetically, L.A. Knight follows that same path. I actually thought Max Dupree was a better-sounding name than L.A. Knight. I just think it's like a cross between, like, L.A. Gear and British Knight. So, it sounds like two cheap tennis shoes from the 90s. But... Yeah, I'm and you know, he's he billed from L.A. as well, by the way. Yeah. So. But I, I just, I don't know, man. Like, I'm just, I'm not a fan of him. I've just always felt like he was just trying too hard to be The Rock and Steve Austin. But maybe I'm just too harsh. But I was not a fan of the match. Uh, I, I I didn't enjoy, I mean, I think I said this in a group chat earlier, but, like, at one point, Corey Graves says the, uh, what was the name of the, what were the billing they were in? The. Uh, Alamo Dome, whatever. Alamo Dome looks like the back of a Spencer gift store right now. And I'm like, dude, you summed it up, and that is not putting it over. Like, that's not giving it any favors. But so, you absolutely summed it up. So, so Easter egg. And I know, I know, I'm just going to throw this out there to see what your, how your thought process works. Could Uncle Howdy actually be, um, what's that kid's name? Uh, Darby Allen. He did the coffin drop off the thing. I mean, he's, it's, it's, it's true. Like, I mean, I wondered for a minute, like, uh, for a brief minute, I thought, are they killing off L.A. Knight? Because, like, I mean, you could never see him again based on him like, falling into a fiery pit with Uncle Howdy, which, depending on who you believe, some people say it's going to be uh, his brother, Bo, uh, Bo Dallas. Uh, but some people have said that at least a couple of different times it's been – literally been played by the guy who was in ring of honor in the group with uh marty skrull and carried a freaking balloon around with him uh yeah. they say he's done it so i don't know and then it, but it's been inferred a lot of the time that it was supposed to be bray wyatt himself and you know you were just supposed to think he was in two places at once because fuck why wouldn't he be yeah. um I don't know, and honestly, I don't. I don't give a shit. I, this is it's been awful. I, I haven't enjoyed any of this. Stuff. Like for now, it just feels like it's just weirdness for the sake of weirdness. It's so far out of the. I understand that. Okay, it's sports entertainment now, and you the the rules of professional wrestling don't apply. But it's so far out in left field now. Like. I just I'm out on well, Bray Wyatt. You, you, Bray Wyatt, yes, you have you. I 100 agree with you. I'm because I'm a little uh, confused because at one point Uncle Howdy gave Bray Wyatt the Sister Abigail, right? The next time you see him, he's basically jumping off the, the tower onto the opponent or whatever. So it's a little confusing to follow. But uh, being the left field, and I really want to get to this next this, the next big thing. So I want to kind of flow through what the the stuff the in between stuff of this. So. Um, the men's Royal Rumble match, exactly how it probably should have ended. Um, there was only probably three people that honestly probably needed to win, deserved to win out of that. Um, I know a lot of people had thought maybe Sammy would be in that match, and if it was, especially if it was going to be main event. Yeah. But where it fell on the show, being the opening match of the show, uh, 
counting down the numbers. I'm trying to figure out, remember, trying to remember everybody that could possibly be the the people coming out. And I was like, they're going to have to leave Cody for last. I mean, yeah. you want you want that cheer. You, everybody knows Cody's in it now. You want you got to have that cheer going into the number thirty. So definitely, my opinion, they ended exactly how they should have. And it it used to be like uh, you know I've been going back watching some of the older ones. Um, and it used to be they really, really, really uh, leaned into the fact that it was all luck of the draw, and they would show guys back there pulling their, you know, number out of the the, the bin and all this shit. And they really don't even hardly talk about that now because are we supposed to shut our mind off and think that Cody Rhodes was just so lucky that he happened to draw number thirty? This, you know, I mean, like, so they really just don't even talk about that. They don't address it anymore, and that's best, honestly, if you're going to do shit like that, like they, yeah. Been Years. I agree. Cause, I mean, if, he, if he's going to be coming back from an injury, you definitely don't want him in there for a long period of time doing dumbers, doing dumb shit, waiting to get to the end. So you try yeah. to put him in there as, as late as possible because they gave him and uh, him and uh, I'm gonna say Walter, but uh, Gunter uh, a lot more time at the end than I, I expected them. That's to. the most time you've seen two people have at the end of the rumble, and I couldn't tell uh, you when. Uh, I w- that I w- really I w- stood uh, out to me. Uh, um. But as far as it, like, if you had to pick just a couple of notes about the Rumble, I think if anybody gained anything, got over, uh, leveled up with their character in the Rumble, it would be Gunther. Um, that showed a side of him and the, some of the interactions he had throughout. Uh, I, I think he, I think if anybody leveled up with this year's Rumble, I would say it has to be him, right? Yeah. Yeah. And of course, you know, I think they wasted a couple of spots on some dumb shit, but that's just my personal opinion. Yeah. Uh, the, you know, Baron Corbin spot, I think they wasted. I get, the, I, I get the point of the Rey Mysterio not coming out, Dom coming out, whatever that. I get it. But I feel like they, they, spot, they could have done that with something differently, uh, with Rey Mysterio being hurt and coming back later and actually had that more maybe, a surprise Stone Cold entrance or where something, you know, like something like that. Of course, I have those. And you even got guys like, you know, I've seen people complaining online, like, oh, you know, Dolph Ziggler didn't even get a spot this year, but yet we had a right wasted Ray Mysterio spot and then the Baron Corbin spot. And it's like, well, it could have been worse. We could have had to see Baron Corbin actually compete. Like, I, if, if you got to have him in there, have him face down on the fucking ground and not deal with him. Yeah. Um, but the Mysterio thing, I agree. Like, you could have done a backstage something or, you know, something. But obviously, you know, they they didn't have anybody they felt, you know, needed that spot or, or would progress their storylines by being in there. So I ain't got a problem with it. But I was I was uh, surprised and impressed to see uh, uh, Gunther show up at number one and stay all the way through the end and, and have the record for the longest time in a rumble ever. Um, I thought it was kind of weird that he stayed in all the way to the very end. I don't know if at any point, too – that a rumble has ever come down to number one and 30 by themselves where number, you know, number 30 eliminated number one to win. But also thought with you doing that in the men's rumble, I thought it was kind of odd to have Ripley come in at number one and then win the whole thing in the same night. It's not a huge deal, but it just it seems. Well, yeah. And the, so, you know, fast forward to the women's rumble. Um, they broke a lot of records in that for, you know, number one going all the way, all the way to the end of winning. That was a record. Uh, the time limit for Rhea in that match was a record. Uh, I'm not really sure. I think she eliminated a pretty good bit of people. I don't know if she now holds a record for women. Uh, she's, bound, she's bound to, I would think. Um, I think a stat that hadn't got out there yet, I think Nia Jax weighed more than all the competitors in the third Women's Royal Rumble that took place. So she's got that going for her at least. 
Um, she come back I mean, with a big old dewdrop. Do look like she's slimmed down in her time away, and Nia Jax look like she's doubled in size. Bless her heart. Yeah, like and Jax and, you know, and and poor Rhea. I mean, they they called those spots for her to pick her up, and one of them almost went really really bad. One of them, you know, it happened what happened. But you know, to play off of what I was saying earlier is, but there's about ten women, honestly, in WWE right now that can go out there and put on a very entertaining or carry themselves through a match. Uh, there's definitely not 30. <laughs> so, um, that being said, um, I love the fact Michelle McCool was in it, and she lasted longer than, a, than just a, you know, blah, 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 over-the-top rope spot. Really enjoyed that. Uh, but you, you saw a lot of mistakes in that match. Uh, and, and, and you know, I, I think I, it would have been more entertaining, though, if instead of coming out of the front row, if she'd have come out on the back of Undertaker's motorcycle and he dropped her off at the you know, ringside. But well, I, he got over the them. I think the reason they didn't do that is because the motherfucker wouldn't be able to get it cranked again, and he just had to sit out there through the whole rest of the match like an asshole. <laughs> so yeah. they just, you know, let her come Fair. out in the front row. Fair point. All right. So um, so here, here's the one. We're at, we're at 49 minutes, and I know this one, this next match is going gonna, is gonna to take some time. Yeah. The bloodline. The, the 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 match. Can, can I can I make one note before we move to that? Okay. I don't know if it's in the group chat or whatever, but somewhere it was talked about the fact that they named Sheamus and Drew McIntyre the Banger Bros, and it had to be done away with because of the porn reference. Banger. Somebody, uh, <laughs> Pat McAfee referenced that at least a dozen times during the Royal Rumble, like. I kept expecting him to abruptly stop because somebody being his microphone. Damn it, pal! Don't bring that up. But he just kept, kept hey, hammered it, hammer it home, man. <laughs> and then the two noticeable things about his commentary that, and then when when old girl came in with her new name Piper, I guess that was her indie name, whatever Piper Niven. He screamed that Dude, name y'all. out, and then he kept making the dewdrop reference over and over and over again. Yeah, I know it was. Too ridiculous but anyway all right bloodline here we go okay all right so for everybody out there who thinks that long story storytelling is dead that getting over these days has anything to do with high spots and bullshit fuck off because that story has been built so well and it's been a really long follow but has been completely worth um i honestly kind of swerved me a little bit at the end with um, the fact he actually hit him, I, I think I kind of expected him to just kind of walk out. Yeah. Um, because I was kind of in a situation, I was like, well, he can't hit him, right? Because A, he's surrounded by all the bloodlines. B, if he, walk, if, he, if he hits him and then runs, he leaves Kevin Owens handcuffed to the ropes to take the beating. So I thought, A, and I thought, and they, regardless of how I thought, I, it went very well. Um, Here's the, thing, here's the thing that stuck with me about it. And it, no, it didn't play out the way I thought it would, but I, I love the way that it did. But when Roman Reigns' music hits and the, him and Heyman and Sammy walk out together, almost everybody in the Alamo Dome is up with one finger in the air. And they have been loving them some Roman Reigns recently. And that was not the case even when he was a babyface prior. But, I mean, universally, you, almost everyone would have to agree that everybody in that arena was on their feet, finger in the air. They're all about it. Fast forward to the end, 
when Rain starts smacking Sammy in the face and then Sammy smacks him with that chair, you had nearly the whole arena up saying, fuck you, Roman. I got chills watching that. Like, the fact that you can still, if you, it just shows that you, no matter how jaded everybody is or smart or whatever you want to call it, if you do something right and you tell a story well, week to week, you can make, you can manipulate the audience to give the reaction that you want them to give. That was, I mean, that was awesome. And, but the other wrinkle and all that, I, I was like you, I didn't expect it to go the way it did last night, particularly, but the other wrinkle in all that is the fact that Jay Uso walks out. You don't expect that because you would have thought, you know, Jay's gonna be the first one, but I told y'all and then just lean into that. But he's like, no, he walks out. So now you're like, all right, well, where are we going to go with this exactly? Because we, yeah, we know we're getting to Owens and Sammy against the Usos for the tag titles. At least we, we assume that. I, I, I do play, I do not but, know. I do not know. I do not think that, actually. I actually have veered away from thinking that's the end result. Um, as, you know, because I don't know if you, you don't have Twitter or maybe you haven't been on it or whatever, but Jay, uh, Jay Uso actually tweeted out, um, I'm out, and had like a blood the blood – symbol or whatever so like uso out or something like that he, yeah. he, tweet, he tweeted this out so everybody's like is he is he out of the bloodline or whatever but you know you you said you thought you'd be jay be the first one to be like i told you i told you well i think i think he's embarrassed because for so long he was like oh he's not really with us he's not really with us. but when he finally gets to the point where he's like Man, this this guy's actually he's here for me he's here for my family whatever and then you know, for him to go, you know, on Monday night, do the the package and save Sammy and and then all this stuff, and then, and then now he turns back on everybody right in front of everybody. I think it embarrassed him to the point where he was embarrassed. Like to somebody, somebody else pointed out today. I don't remember where I saw it, but somebody else pointed out today that it could also, if you follow the story before that, back to the previous story with the bloodline where. Jay was almost in the same position as Sammy where, you know, Roman's getting in his face and pulling the power plays and it looked like Jay was going to turn, but he ends up, he, in the end, he bows down he, and, you know, and, and does the, you know, does the right thing or however you want to put it. And they like, you know, what if this is going to play out that Jay is embarrassed that he didn't have the guts to do what Sammy did. And now he's conflicted over that as well. And I was like, well, that would be definitely some long-term storytelling if they bring that at, you know, aspect into it. And I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. But it definitely oh, puts yeah. a, an interesting wrinkle in everything that doesn't make it as cut and dried as you would assume. And I'm thinking we still got Elimination Chamber to get through before WrestleMania. Okay. So do we see Sammy versus Roman one-on-one in the Elimination Chamber? Could we end up seeing a Roman uh, solo and uh, what's that, Jimmy Uso against KO, Sammy, and Jay somehow in a six man tag or something? Like, there's a lot of different ways this could go, but we got one more pay per view to get through before we get to WrestleMania and the obvious Cody and Roman Reigns match. And one more thing before we get to that. I guess this was probably before we went on the air as far as, and it might've been before you was on me and me and uh, Xanders was talking and he's like, do you think um, Cody's the one to win the belt off of reigns? 
And I told him I think so strictly because I don't see I don't see them putting the title on Zan- on Sammy as much as he's over. I just not it's not his role. Number two, in my opinion, and we'll see if this turns out to be true. If Cody Rhodes doesn't walk out of WrestleMania with at least one of those belts, he's Lex Luger of twenty twenty three. He's got the big build up. You pushed him all the way to the finish line, and he's going to trip and fall at the finish line. If you don't pull the trigger, he's forever going to be stuck in that mm, almost, but he's not quite the guy, and he'll never live it down. I think you have to put the belt on him, even if he only keeps it till SummerSlam. But the fact that they were pushing during Roman Reigns' entrance that he's only 186 days away from breaking the records of – Bruno San Martino, Pedro Morales, Hulk Hogan, and Bob Backlund, you're never going to get anybody that close again. So if you want somebody in the modern era to break that record, you're going to have to keep the belt on Roman because that's the only way it's happening. So what's more important to them, breaking that record or making Cody a top-level star? Because right now, except for when you pull in John Cena, there is no one else in the WWE other than pulling in The Rock or Cena that's even close to being on Roman Reigns' level of stardom. And the only way you really could bring Cody up there is to let him win the match. Okay. So so here's here's a couple of Easter eggs. I don't know if you if you caught onto it. So Elimination Chamber is taking place in Montreal. Mm-hmm. So of course, you know, Canada, which is, you know, Sammy, Scavens, you know, it's their home place, you know. So that's an interesting place to do that at. Um but Something else that I've been thinking of, you were talking about long, long-term long storytelling. <coughs> do, you, do you think, I'm going to ask you this question, and then I'll go into my point of view on it. Do you think that whenever Roman drops the titles, it, he'll be gone, at least for a duration of time, for after that? Like, he'll drop the titles and be gone? I think like, so. Okay. So, do you, do you know this? Do you know who was the first person to... To ever pin Roman Reigns, and that, that dates all the way back to the Shield days. Do you know who that person was? I mean, I know Kevin Owens pinned him at one point. The but first I don't know person, if he was the first. The first person to ever beat Roman Reigns in a, in a in a match to pin him in a match was Jey Uso. Oh wow! In a, in a tag team match. So you're talking about long term storytelling. Would it not be like, and, it, and of course this is all hearsay about if you could pick your who you lose the belts to, and if the bloodline's a thing you wanted to continue, could you not drop the belt to Jay, let Jay do that turn, wrestle Roman, drop the belt to Jay, let Jay take over the bloodline, and then Solo start tagging up with Jimmy at least temporarily to continue that story? I think it's something to at least look at. I think it's interesting, an interesting aspect. Um, because I mean, the first person to ever beat me could be the last person to ever beat me. I think that's a huge, I think that'd be a huge circle. And after the whole, how the bloodline started was it was Roman and then Jay was the very next, you know, the first disciple kind of thing. Yeah. So. That's, that's an, it's an interesting take and it's definitely a possibility. Um, I don't know. They've just, they've kept the belt on him so long now that whoever beats him, it's going to be a huge feather in their cap. Well, but, I think I, I think they have to split the titles back up. For, oh to yeah, do, to do it right, they have to split the titles back up. They should have never put them together. I don't think. But well, 
I honestly, and I, I thought that too for the longest time, but right now, if it forgot having Cody uh, being on injury or whatever, who else would you have put the belt on, a belt on at the time that would have helped carry a storyline? I, th- I mean, right now, I miss Roman. Yeah, it just it always. I mean, we've we've done this two or three times now, where we unify the belts, and at some point we got to find some awkward ass way to split them back up again. Um, but that's kind of something I've wondered about: is are they going to find a way for Cody to win one of the belts, but not both of the belts? Yeah. Um, I don't know. Um, but it's interesting to see. I just don't feel. I mean, I'd, I'd like to see it, but I don't. I don't think they're going to put the. I don't think they're going to put the title on Sammy uh, at any point. Honestly, um, if they're going to do it, Montreal would be the place to do it. But you're not going to. You've built this up to where Cody wins the Rumble. Well, if Sammy wins the fucking belts in Montreal. Then WrestleMania is kind of like an afterthought. You know, I mean. So I don't think anything drastic is going to happen in Montreal. I think they'll find a way to put Sammy over. That's why I say make it a six-man. He pins Jimmy or some shit, you know, whatever, or, or whatever happens, and they get a big pop in Montreal that doesn't really affect WrestleMania one way or the other. Um, I think I think they could possibly do it. And this is just spitballing ideas, theories. You, how do you put Sammy over but not put him over? And that is, in my opinion, you do a dusty finish, which would be a which would be really funny because which would be really funny in Montreal. And then when your backup guy is Cody Rhodes, and then they'll end up making it probably a triple threat. At they they've went to that Montreal screw job well so many times. God, I hope they're smarter than that. I well, hope they're smarter than that, but I, don't know. I have no confidence that they would be smarter than that. But Jesus, thank Christ. you. Because you made a com- you made a comment today, just because the most what, what, what was it, what, what, the way you put it was uh, the most obvious finish is not always or, or um, just because something's predictable doesn't make it bad. Because there was a plenty I've seen a slew of people complaining that Cody won the Royal Rumble because everybody expected him to win the Royal Rumble. Well, sorry, that's just the way it fell. Like, so what are you gonna have? Dominic win the Royal Rumble because nobody would expect that shit. Yeah, because it's fucking stupid. So, but I don't think, I, I don't think rehashing the Montreal screw job for the 50th time because it didn't get over the first time and it hasn't got over every other time they've tried to go go back to that well. I don't think it would be. They're going to kill Montreal is what they're going to fucking do if they keep doing that. I mean, they're going to learn that nothing matters in Montreal. Don't even go buy a ticket because they're going to fuck us in Montreal every time. <laughs> uh, what a play, though, that would be. is like, you know, how stupid you Montreal fans are. Y'all if they, if they announce Bret Hart as a special referee or Hebner, I'm not even watching it. I'm just... <laughs> <laughs> but, uh. So yeah, so that, I mean, I, th- I think uh, I think it was a really good show through and through. Of course, it had its low points, but it did have its high points. Um, the, like I said, the bloodline, the bloodline story is 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 red, red hot, and it's going to continue being that way until it's completely done. Um, I think Royal Rumble and Survivor Series both taught us that if you can get a really hot storyline like that going you can forgive a lot of crap on the way if you just finish the show and you actually pull the trigger and deliver something at the end of the show that for, that moves that story ahead. Because at Survivor Series, we moved it ahead another step. Wrestle, I mean, Royal Rumble last night, we moved it ahead. And I, I mean, I think I 
think this was before the show, but I mean, I told Xander, was like, man, I hope if anything comes out of this whole bloodline storyline is that WWE and AEW all the way down to shit indies have learned you can still, if you take the time and build a story and invest in a character, you still can make things mean something. And, and it doesn't have to be about the moves or the spots or anything. Cause none of this has been about that. It's all been about the story and it's all been about mostly, if you look at survivor series and Royal rumble, it's all been about what happened after the main event, way more so than the ending of the main event, because Roman pinning Owens was secondary. And the only thing that mattered was all the shit that happened after the bell and war games was the same way. Yeah. But yep. um, it's been it's been fun to watch, uh, but it's also one of those things, too, they're going to have to learn, and, and maybe they know this, but it has to happen organically. Like, the the times they've, like, it just happened with Sami Zayn, so they rolled with it. And I think that's just because Triple H was there to do it. But, like, in the past where they tried to handpick and tell a story with somebody the fans didn't want, it's Roman Reigns. Places. Roman Reigns, yeah. Batista. Like, there's been so many examples of that. Or when they try to go against it, like, you know, when they Daniel Bryan caught on and they tried to fight that, and then they finally just had to pivot and go with it. You know, I think had they tried that with the Sami Zayn story, if they had tried to pull the plug on it, you know, two or three months ago, it would have been a Daniel Bryan thing all over again. I think people would have got behind him and forced them to do something with him. Yeah. I think it was better this way. They were actually able to tell the story and roll with it. Yeah. Well, I mean, gee, I, we're already over our hour mark. That kind of flew by tonight, uh, to be honest. Um, but, ladies and gentlemen, I appreciate you all coming out and joining us for this uh, recap and and everything else we've talked about tonight. And I uh, hope you uh, continue to join us next week. Uh, please go to our social media, like, subscribe, and share, uh, and come back. Um, make sure you comment. Let us know you're in the, in, out there watching. And uh, we'll see you next week here, right here at 6 o'clock. Oh, there. It is.